Hey everyone, welcome to A Flutter, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of the love lives of those pursuing a medical career. I'm your host, Anna Kulawick, and let's get started. Sadie, who is another wonderful classmate of mine. She's wonderfully creative and kind and thoughtful, and I'm so glad that she's a guest with us today. So, welcome, Sadie. Well, thank you, Anna. It is lovely to be here, and mm-hmm. you know that I'm literally always happy to talk about Ethan <laughs> slash brag about Ethan, so mm-hmm. when you invited me to be on, I was just absolutely delighted. Yes, great. Well, I'm so glad you welcomed, you, or you are on as well, and I appreciated my invitation. <laughs> it came about in a funny way. The other day at lunch for the audience, I was just chatting with Sadie. I was like, oh, so tell me more about you and Ethan. And then, you know, he shared some more of the story. And then I looked at you and I was like, so you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> Have this little segue moment. So thank you for being here. Yeah, I, I like noticed you and Catherine make eye contact. And I was like, I know exactly what question is coming. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know. That's <laughs> plotting, scheming. Yeah. to get you on um but i'm so glad you're here it's because you have this beautiful relationship with ethan i've met him just i feel like a couple of times in larger social interactions but i've never really had like a chat with him so why don't you tell us more about ethan and your relationship yeah yeah um ethan and i have been dating for about three years now Mm -hmm. and i guess three and a half um and we started dating in, um, well, I guess I was, di- oh, oh, this is hard. Okay. Uh, the word, this is one of those things where the word dating is just, <laughs> it just, when you use it, it gets so complicated, but, mm-hmm. um, we started like officially dating when I was a senior in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had been kind of seeing each other for yeah. like, uh, six months before okay. that, um, because he was a year ahead of me and had graduated and I literally had just gotten out of a one and a half year relationship where like about a year of it was long distance Mm -hmm. um like two weeks before Ethan and I like started seeing each other (laughs) um and uh I was not really willing to do long distance again I did not feel like it worked very well for me um Mm -hmm. and so we like we're seeing each other and I I'm so intense in relationships like (laughs) I just go like zero to 100 and 3.5 um and so like before he had left I had told him I love him and like like literally we had like been like kind of seeing each other for like two months and weren't officially dating and whatever Mm -hmm. but I was sleeping in his room every night and like everything and then he graduated and moved back to Michigan and Mm I um was not willing to do long distance, even though we were, like, texting all the time, and, yeah. like, what does long distance even mean at that yeah. point? Wait, and where did you all go to college? Like, how long of a distance would that have been? Oh, I, we went to Wesleyan in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, so that's, like, long. Yeah. Um, and then he moved to Boston in the okay. fall, and so, uh, I went to visit him on my fall break, and mm-hmm. we just kind of kept doing that, where, like, on my breaks, I would go to see him, and he mm-hmm. might come for a weekend on the Greyhound, mm-hmm. and it got to a point where, like, my dad was dropping me off at his oh place um when my dad was driving out to boston to like yeah. go see a friend and 
my dad was just like, you guys are dating. Like, you know that this is dating, right? Yeah. And we were both kind of unwilling to say that. Um, and then Valentine's Day came around, and he came to visit me for Valentine's Day. And um, we had this whole conversation about how, like, I was going to be moving. At the time, I thought I was only going to do one gap year. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up doing two. But um, I was going to be moving somewhere for a year and then mm-hmm. going to med school yeah. and I didn't I had no way of knowing where med school would be because the med school application process is so random yeah and we were both kind of hedging on the like they are not willing to move where I need them to move because mm-hmm. I was not willing to say I was going to move to Boston for him when like most of my college friends live in DC and yeah. move there right after um and he was not willing to, like, start a relationship with someone who was going to be, like, not moving to Boston, and I was, like, yeah. I need, if I'm going to move there and not be with my friends, like, I need some promise that this is going to be long-term. Mm-hmm. And so we finally had a conversation about it, and we were both just like, yeah, like, we both just like each other, and, like, we are happiest together, so, like, why would we do that? And mm-hmm. then two days later, mm-hmm. which is why our anniversary is technically February 16th. <laughs> and not Valentine's Day. <laughs> and not Day, Valentine's so. Day. I texted him, and I was like, wait, so are we dating? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> is that what this officially is? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I ended up moving to Boston for two years, and at the time, he worked in biotech um, Mm -hmm. because we were in the same major in college which is kind of how we connected originally and um when I was applying to med schools Duke was like this pipe dream of like such a perfect school right like Mm -hmm. that like Durham is maybe one of like three other places in the country where he could have very easily moved and gotten a job in in the field he was currently in and like yeah had it be just like so perfect and Duke was like a little bit of a reach for my MCAT score and my GPA and I was just like it's so perfect I just had like I have to yeah. even though I probably wasn't gonna get in and then I did get in and I was so happy <laughs> and Ethan was delighted because the like other place that was like really on my like this might be an actual thing that's happening is mm-hmm. Dartmouth which is mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere middle of nowhere and it would have meant being long distance Boston to New Hampshire like middle of New Hampshire yeah. and that just like was not I, I was challenging like, I do not want to do long distance yeah uh, more power to you like genuinely (laughs) thanks I don't know I feel like some people have the kind of dating where they can do long distance and some people don't and I am one of the people who do well that's fair you know it works very differently for different couples and different couples like relationships are just different or like some people need more face time or more in person time um yeah so here you are now, you and Ethan, living yes. in Durham yes. at a dream school. Good job. Yeah, and he works for Duke now, which is okay. really cool. Actually, he decided he didn't want to work in biotech anymore, and so now <laughs> he does health policy. That's and great. He's like totally loving it and super happy. And like, um, funnily enough, like he actually he uh, got the job this summer before we moved here, mm-hmm. but he like got to know one of his coworkers who's. Like, you know, they work in the same building, but not necessarily on the same team. Yeah. Through one of our classmates. Oh, my who gosh. They had gone to undergrad together. Oh, that's wild. And so that's been really nice, is that, mm-hmm. like, because the Duke-UNC, so I guess the Triangle area, yeah. all of that, like, healthcare, biotech, whatever stuff mm-hmm. is also integrated, that, like, it, he's been able to m- make friends here, which yeah. I think we were a little worried about just Mm -hmm. like coming to Durham and not really knowing anyone here our family's really far yeah um 
but because he also was working in a similar field and there was like enough overlap like we've had a few different times where like a friend of a friend or like you know some sort of like school connection mm-hmm. or something or like we randomly ran into someone we both knew an undergrad in the climbing gym the other day amazing which was totally wild but it's been yep. it's been like honestly like much better than I could have expected and like Duke actually was like the perfect like it just worked so well for both of us oh my gosh what a happy story (laughs) that's incredible (laughs) yeah well I'm I feel like I almost need to congratulate you for having that work out so well okay so to recap you started seeing each other kind of your senior year of college but it was more casual until Valentine's Day. His senior, senior year of college. His senior year. Your junior year yes, of college. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was casual until, like, Valentine's Day yeah. of your senior year. Yeah. Where you realized, this is real. We love spending time with each other. You, you had said, I love you by that point. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, like, that's okay. the thing is that, like, I was so, this is very me. I yeah. am very, like, emotionally invested. Yeah. Very early. And for me, the labels are more mm-hmm. about, like, almost practicality like what does this mean in terms of what I'm Mm going to tell my family what does this mean in terms of how I talk to other people about you and like whether or not you think this is a long like they you I guess I mean my partner sorry I always speak in the second person no you're good (laughs) (laughs) um like the label of boyfriend of partner is more about like this is a long-term thing yeah like, I will say that I'm, like, seeing someone, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, in college, we would say, just say hooking up, because yeah. that was... That's what you do in college. <laughs> That's what college is like. <laughs> um, or, like, they're a thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, like, the label of dating, to me, like, implies long-term, we are planning, at least around each other, yeah. trying to make things work, mm-hmm. leaning into that. It's more serious. Yeah, yeah. It's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know. I, like... I can't turn off the part of my brain that's like, what if this future thing and all of the planning and everything and like me like demanding this guy who I'm not even officially dating promise to move to med school with me in two years (laughs) is like very classically me. Like when I went to visit him on New Year's, I was like telling him about like what our babies would look like. Oh my God. (laughs) And he like the thing about that is like, well, that's not the kind of person he is. The reason we work is because he was just like so excited to have someone as into him and like Mm -hmm. as um like invested and just like I'm I'm a lot I'm a lot of energy Mm -hmm. and like he really loves that yeah (laughs) well the the few times I've met him like at trivia like I've seen him there at trivia he seems to have like a more mellow energy correct me if I'm wrong so I can see how you two balance each other out really well yeah sense it's definitely true that he is more mellow than I am. <laughs> I am very, like, excitable and intense. And I think the thing that's um, interesting about both of us is that he, I am a socially anxious extrovert, and he <laughs> is a socially awkward extrovert. Like, we both always want to be, a, like, out with people at a party, gain a lot of energy from being around people, mm-hmm. but, like, are actually really awful at talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, it feels like a funny. Greek curse. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the reasons we work well together is because, like, we're always seeking people out, but we're not mm-hmm. necessarily... We, we comfort each other in that, like, awkwardness. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice. And I think because of that, my anxiety tends to come out as, like, 
big energy and like just like if I just act confident it mm-hmm. is like no one will notice yeah whereas for him I think that he takes a long time to warm up to people mm-hmm. and like really let his full humor out and so he does yeah. come across as very like mellow and chill in social settings okay and to me like I see him as someone who like is really intensely passionate about like the work he does mm-hmm. and like I can be a little argumentative and he will take me to task and be like, like, are you right? Like you got to actually look that up. You actually got to prove your facts. Mm -hmm. And so, but he's mellow enough to like, we don't get into fights really. Like it's not like it's escalating into a fight, but it's a way to say, we'll support your argument if you're going to make that argument. Yeah, exactly. And so I, yeah, I think it's a, I guess like with all relationships, finding that balance of like similarities in personalities Mm -hmm. and how you work together and how you talk to each other Mm -hmm. that like makes for that good flow of communication, but like enough differences that like maybe parts of your personality that are a little more challenging Mm -hmm. can be balanced out by someone who can like handle that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it sounds like a very beautiful relationship. I loved hearing everything you're saying. I'm just like, yes, girl. Yes. (laughs) So I want to hear more about you telling him, if we're going to make this work, you must follow me to medical school. Yeah, I think it was because at the time I was like, I can do my gap years anywhere. There's Mm -hmm. a hospital. I don't want to go home because I'm from a very, very rural area Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that kind of healthcare. I want to do research. Yeah. I also just like did like I don't have like that many super close friends in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, my college friends were moving to DC and I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll go to DC. I don't know what I want to do." I was, you know, kind of wishy-washy about it. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to emphasize at the time like we didn't say this explicitly, but basically that, like, he didn't want to keep doing long distance. Like, the long distance yeah. thing, and I didn't either. But that, like, if I was moving to D.C., like, what was the point? And so I think at yeah. the time it felt like a very even trade of, like, I am going to move away from my friends, mm-hmm. like, to a place where I don't have as much of a support network, but, like, is closer to you, mm-hmm. and then you are going to promise to go with me where I go. And yeah. he was also, I think he was at the time working in a bookstore. Okay. When this was all happening. Just in like Boston? Yeah, just okay. like one of those, like, just out of college kind of yeah. jobs. And um, I, he knew he was going to be looking for another job anyway. And so I was basically like, look for something mm-hmm. you want to maybe not do forever. Like, yeah. Look for something that is just, like, the next step. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you will feel comfortable leaving in two yeah. years. It can help build your career, but it's not the end goal. Yeah, and what ended up happening is he got a different job in biotech that he didn't like because there was not very much, like, intellectual challenge. Okay. And (laughs) mid-COVID, he decided to switch jobs, Mm -hmm. and he got a job at, like, did, like, contract work Mm -hmm. on a, like, I think it was, like, a six-month contract for a COVID testing startup. Oh, cool. Um, which was very cool at the time. And actually we both got vaccinated super early because I was <laughs> working in person in the hospital and yeah. he was working at a, he was literally handing COVID tests. Like at a COVID testing like, center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he liked that job a lot more, but the nice thing about it is his six month end date was June before we got here. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Yeah. And so we took, he took two months off mm-hmm. between when he started his new job and then, and we spent a month in Europe. Oh my gosh. Before we Are got you serious? Here. That sounds yeah. so beautiful. It was <laughs> perfect. It was amazing. And, okay, this is another just, like, 
general piece of life mm-hmm. like dating things is that like finding someone who you can travel with oh my gosh and is your travel style and if you uh happen to get on an airplane to the next place you're going without your airbnb because your airbnb just canceled and you have to just like hope that the next one you booked approves by the time you land mm-hmm. someone you can do that with yeah that is the that is like the ultimate relationship test like that yeah. is the kind of partner that is actually going to be your life partner yeah that's just <laughs> it's a lot it is a lot that's great <laughs> Wait, speaking of that, I've been thinking about this lately. Okay, because we've both been watching the show, How to Build a Sex Room. Yes. And I realized the show is set in Denver. Mm-hmm. And I realized that because I went to Denver um, kind of the summer after Dylan and I started dating. Because we started dating spring of our junior year. So mm-hmm. we were, like, together for three months. Then it was summer break. And that summer, Dylan had an internship in the Denver area. Um, and he would be gone for essentially all of that summer break. Um, well, I stayed in Oregon doing something that summer so essentially he would be gone for three months which was the amount of time we had been dating so it was like a little for us it almost seems like a little foreshadowing <laughs> like a trial run for long distance but very early on in our relationship but at the end of that summer I flew out to Denver and we spent like a week there together so I recognized some of the sites in the mm-hmm. show how to build a sex room which is how I identified it but um yeah, it was that trip that where we traveled together for the first time where I was like, oh, this could work. There were like some issues like Dylan had to move some things and, you know, things weren't quite working out right, but we were able to make it work or our styles for traveling meshed in such a way where it was like, oh, this this could work out or, you know, it's not all falling apart right now. What a treat. Yeah, right after I graduated college, um, as sort of a graduation gift to myself slash each other. Mm-hmm. Ethan and I spent two weeks in uh, New Orleans. Oh, so fun. Um, that was the first time since we started dating we were, like, living in the same space, basically. Yeah. It was this Airbnb in New Orleans. And it was amazing, and we had such a good time. And, like, part of that was also we figured out we traveled together really well. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we want the same amount of time in an airport, and we value similar things when we're picking, you know, location in a town and stuff. And it's just, yeah. like... Even just the little things, it's so... I don't know. That kind of thing, I think it just, over the long term, is really important. Like, his mom always... I remember visiting his family for Thanksgiving, and Ethan and I were having trouble with our flight back. It was Mm -hmm. getting delayed or something, and we were, like, re-figuring out how we were going to do part of the travel. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, his mom, like, mentioned him, like, you guys you just figured it out so fast. Like, you just, oh. like, you're so good at working together. And, like, hearing that compliment even secondhand, I was just like, yes. yes. I take great pride in my, like, relationship with Ethan and how mm-hmm. how well we work together and, like, how much it just, like, works for us. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like relationships are really hard and, like, I don't know if being good at relationships, like, right, that's going to be different for every person, but, like, mm-hmm. Finding a relationship and making that communication and everything work is something that I, like, take a lot of pride in. And so, like, yeah. getting that kind of compliment, I'm just like, yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And just thinking about the trajectory of your relationship, too, especially by the time you had, like, really made things serious, I feel like that required so much communication up front and also a lot of reflection, I'd imagine, on both of your parts to say, like, we've been together for however long but if you're going to come to medical school with me like that is such a huge other step so by that point had you already thought far ahead about the future like 
I could see doing medical school with him. I could see doing life with him. Like, had that crossed your mind already? Yeah. I think just because I'm someone who, like, everything is a five-year plan, like, I... When I'm starting something with someone, that's, like, is always something I think about. And you could say that I don't always necessarily have the best judgment. (laughs) The person I was dating sort of before slash during, I don't know, like, so dating is too strong a word. The person I was seeing before slash during, like, early Ethan and I, he was not Mm -hmm. the right fit. We got into a lot of disagreements. Mm. I... I am polyamorous, which means that sometimes I am dating multiple people at the same time, and Mm -hmm. um, the relationship I was in um, that ended right before Ethan and I started dating, I had been, we had been long distance for a while, and I had been dating two other people in my school, and they all knew each other, and like, knew about it, and were, um, that part was fine, but one of these guys was just not... Like, he liked me a lot, but was not okay with the polyamory. And some people are just, like, intrinsically monogamous or intrinsically polyamorous, and I get that. I am someone who can't be in a, like, truly, like, closed monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. I find that, like, I don't like the idea of someone controlling my relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. I find that very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know lots of people who are, like, polyamorous optionally like they're in a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. right now but polyamory doesn't make them uncomfortable yeah and then there's sort of the next tier which i think most people at least think of themselves in as like exclusively wanting monogamy yeah or to not be in a relationship yeah and this was someone who was very like much wanted it to be exclusively monogamy and like wouldn't was not good at communication either and like Man, if you think regular relationships or long-distance relationships take communication, polyamorous relationships, it's like you gotta have spreadsheets oh and shared G-cals and, yeah. like, make everything work. Like, it was basically an extracurricular my junior year of college. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. All I was really trying to say is that I'm not saying my judgment is always the best mm-hmm. with partners, but I feel like I am someone who... When I am choosing to see someone, I do see something there that is a little... That I want to keep seeing. Yeah. Um, Because if I don't see something that's worth continuing, that's, like, an immediate turn-off for me. Like, I'm very, like, on or off. Yeah. I think in general, um, and especially with dating, I... um, I don't know. I think that that's... It's sort of the inverse of the polyamory, almost. Like, I'm on and off with individual people, but... Mm -hmm. I like sort of this sort of more open choice. Yeah. Beyond that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And the thought that this one person would try to control you that much, even like understanding who you are and that like being poly is part of that, that's like very iffy. I don't like that. So I'm glad that at least in hindsight you're recognizing. Yeah. And I think the thing that's hard is that like, I think he felt in the reverse, like, I was trying to force him into a kind of relationship Mm -hmm. that made him uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I was not willing to compromise on that. And, like, I had said from the beginning, like, I am dating these other people. Yeah. And, like, if you want to do this, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Like, I was never secretive about it or, like, Mm -hmm. I never wavered on, like, oh, well, maybe one day we would be monogamous together. Like, that's just, like, I'm not gonna say that. That's not true. Like, feeding him these false hopes or anything. Yeah, and so I felt like I had been very honest about it from the beginning, but, like, I'm sure from his perspective, he was having a hard time, like, 
feeling like he had to like change this part of himself to be mm-hmm. with someone who he yeah. wanted to be with um so I do understand it I get it. I don't think he was trying to force me out of those relationships. I just think that, like, sometimes... Like, this is one of those things where sometimes relationships have to end not because you did something Mm -hmm. bad to each other or you're a million miles apart, but just because, like... Or even because you don't like each other, but just because, like, you have some part of your personality that just, Mm -hmm. like, cannot work together. Like, I was listening to the Jamie interview Mm -hmm. right before this, and something she mentioned is, like she is like being significantly different in politics for her is like it's just not gonna work it just doesn't fit yeah like it's just like that is important enough to her and her values that like Mm -hmm. it's just not gonna work and I think for me like it felt very similar like it's just like this is something that is so fundamentally part of me yeah that like it's just not gonna work and like that's okay I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that he's like a bad person I just don't think Mm -hmm. the relationship is viable yeah (laughs) No, that makes that makes so much sense. And sometimes I feel like those relationships can be the hard ones to end because you can't in the moment say like you wronged me so much or like this force is tearing us apart. <laughs> like you know, I think for a lot of couples or you know, that when you're in high school and you're dating someone and you go to college and then you feel like you should break up because you're going to college and it's like the threat of college is ruining our like that type of drama yeah <laughs> none of that it's just a simple fact of saying like we're not compatible like you can still be a lovely person or the time that you've had together can still be really beautiful or positive but at the end of the day if it just doesn't work it doesn't work yeah 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 so i'm that there are some people listening to this podcast who are not as familiar with polyamory. Could you explain to, to, to me and to others what polyamory means to you and what that can look like for you, just like in your day-to-day life? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have spent a lot of time explaining polyamory because neither Ethan nor any of the people I work with <laughs> were Ethan I like yeah. even knew what it was yeah really before we started dating um and uh basically to me um I think polyamory is something that I I often use the term ethical non-monogamy um mm-hmm. because I really think it's important to differentiate it from non-monogamy that is happening uh, via cheating or uh, sort of pressured non-monogamy, yeah. um, whether that be like societal or like in relationships that are uh, abusive, um, mm-hmm. I really like want to stand this alone as something where this is about non-monogamy, like being in relationships with people in a like consensual, well-informed way mm-hmm. um, that involves just like so much communication and. Uh, for me, what that has looked like is um, I often have, I guess, like a primary partner. I think mm-hmm. that's mostly because I'm very intense with my partners. And so, like, I like having someone who I'm spending, like, most of my time with or yeah. most nights with or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then having um, some sort of, you know, I like spending time with these other people or I like mm-hmm. going on dates with these other people. Um, and... When I was in college, um, my, my primary partner, I guess, was the one who was long distance. And yeah. so that also just opened up a lot of time. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, and uh, so there was a lot of, like, scheduling. Which nights was I FaceTiming him versus, like, hanging out with these other people mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and uh, now that, like, 
Ethan and I are uh, more like we've like moved places together and stuff right yeah. that like we pay rent together we're on the same lease like that's <laughs> a little bit more like that kind of relationship is more intensive but like sometimes like he will go on dates and it like he's on all the dating apps and like oh my gosh yeah and I love it like I am that's rooting so for him like it's like having your boyfriend and also like that feeling when your best friend goes out on a date and you're like come back and dish and tell me everything and it's yeah. like all that in one and yeah. in one person and I it's just so much fun. It's so fun do you get to help them like you know swipe through the dating apps or like figure out what to say to people or do you like give him that space to figure that out? I don't do I don't help him swipe through dating apps because that feels almost back to like controlling to me okay, I can see that. Yeah. like I don't want to influence that yeah. um but I do if he's like typing something and he's like I don't know what to say like I am absolutely helping him write you're that like text. I know what to say <laughs> yeah I am actually uh much better at dating mm-hmm. than he is at least to be a like that kind of thing I have never really been on the apps I find the apps stressful yeah um and I don't communicate well via stranger to strangers via text that's really hard Mm -hmm. um but I dated a lot in college and like have a little bit more experience Mm -hmm. with that sort of thing and so I am his sort of relationship guru in that way um I have not really dipped my toe in that since getting to med school I think it's med school is very time consuming and mm-hmm. as I said, this can be kind of an extracurricular, right? It's yeah. like a lot of time commitment to like put all that time. I don't know how our single classmates do it. Like I hear about so many of them going on dates and stuff and I'm just like, that sounds exhausting right now. Mm. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I can't. That's me. Sound like kudos sense. to them. Yeah, so really. Impressed. Like I am so glad you find the time. Um, and dating within the med school has never really appealed to me. Um, I think when you're polyamorous and you are introduced to people or a group of people with your partner yeah can sometimes be hard to overcome the just like massive assumptions people make about monogamy and long-term relationships in this culture and even if they might know like someone else in the class might not and other people might assume something else and like I have had some uncomfortable conversations about like ethical versus non-ethical non-monogamy and people thinking that just because I am non-monogamous that means I'm down for any kind of Mm non-monogamy and I don't love that um so I have not to mention the dating pool in our school is like it's I am bisexual and even I am like this gender ratio (laughs) is just whack yeah so for context for the listeners who aren't you know, don't know our medical school as well. <laughs> our class has, what, about 125 people in it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, close to 70% of them are female. I think it's 65 in our class and okay. 70 in the class below us. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's pretty wild. So, the, you know, there, there's a little bit of a difference there. Anyway, that can be hard. <laughs> and so I, but I also do not have the time or emotional energy to date outside of the med school. So that's kind of yeah. been on the back burner mm-hmm. for me mentally. And I think for me, polyamory is like my sort of always being polyamorous is much more about just like having that option there. Yeah. Like not having to like ask permission or not be dating someone else anymore. It's about mm-hmm. like, uh, my relationships with others are not contingent upon my relationship with one person. Mm-hmm. And so 
I feel like for me, this would feel very similar if I was just saying, like, oh, I'm not dating right now. Like, I'm too busy and too stressed out to date. Um, Because that's really what it's about to me. Like, I am stable. Like, I am in a stable relationship. Mm -hmm. The idea of dating sounds exhausting. Yeah. And I feel like if I were single, that would still be true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the idea of meeting strangers, telling your entire life story over and over again. Go, if I went on a bad date after and after you know having done everything we do in a week, I would just be in tears. Like I would just be like, that was so much energy, and for what? Yeah. Well, and that's why I like applaud people in our class or just like med students in general who are actively dating. Yeah. Like it is so impressive the ability to like rally and have the energy to do that. Um, you know, multiple nights a week even. Yeah. Oof. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I really genuinely good for them. More power to them. I am yeah. so impressed every day. And to those who have found love within our class, like, you are the lucky ones. Yeah. But I, ooh, that just seems like a lot to me. Yeah. Well, because, you know, it is a small class and we do so many, like, small group things together or, like, anatomy labs where you, like, dissect cadavers. Like, you get to know each other in these, mm-hmm. like, but strange and sometimes intimate ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you throw dating on top of that, it can, it's a lot of dynamics to add to a relationship. Um, yeah. And, like, I get why people like dating within medicine. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard dating even though Ethan it works at health policy and like mm-hmm. he gets it right he understands the whole medical school career track and actually very briefly looked into going to medical school before realizing he did not have the patience for the <laughs> amount of hoops we have to jump through yeah um <laughs> he is way smarter than me he could have gone to Duke easily um I truly believe that but uh it, it's hard like he jokes Actually, I don't know how much of a joke this was. That, like, if it turns out that I love surgery, we're breaking up. Like, he cannot... Like, he wants to see me. He does not want to date someone who's out of the house 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, like... Like... I get it. I get why people date within medicine because, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I understand why someone who wants a normal, like, Mm -hmm. you know, eight to five, nine to five kind of lifestyle Mm -hmm. would not want to date someone who's, you know... Yeah. A neurosurgeon who literally sleeps in the hospital sometimes. Like, that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. But if you are that neurosurgeon, then it's great if your partner is, like, similarly occupied at work. Yeah. And also sleeping in the hospital. Then you're sleeping in the same place anyway. You might as well be at home. Then you can see each other. You can get dinner together in the cafeteria. Aw, that'd be cute. Yeah. (laughs) I follow some, like, doctor influencers on Instagram, Mm -hmm. and there's this one couple where... He's an ophthalmologist, but some sort of like sub sub specialist. I think he's done a couple of fellowships in ophthalmology. Yeah, and she's a dermatologist, but they did their residency at the same place, so they would like, you know, get dinners together in the cafeteria and it was really cute. I think couples match is genuinely like the sweetest thing within medicine. It's It's probably the most romantic thing that exists within this whole structure. And and for the listeners who aren't in medicine, (laughs) like my parents listen and sometimes they're like, can you explain what anatomy lab means? Like, yeah. So couples match is a form of matching. And matching, I'll say straight up. So for residency, you don't get to just choose where you go to residency. You apply to a bunch of different residency programs. But then at the end of the day, some complicated computer algorithm matches you to a residency program. Because what each med student does is they rank all their favorite um 
residency programs like in order of their favorites and all the residency programs i believe rank the med students that they want to join their residency and then this algorithm does it literally matches the med student to the residency program so that's how you know where you get to do residency so you really don't get to have that much of a say it's like you get your one option of residency and that's it. But when you couples match, it makes it even more difficult because then it's not only you trying to figure out where to match to residency, but you're tying your application to the other person that you're trying to match with. So that way both you and your partner would match in the same either institution or the same geographic region to try to stay together. So when people couples match and they do it successfully, it's like, the sweetest thing in the world because they've overcome the odds like matching itself is stressful enough but couples matching is this yeah. whole other level it like oozes commitment and seriousness yeah. and like for all these med students you know we all have our 5 10 20 year plans we love <laughs> thinking about the future like seeing yeah. people's couples match is just the most romantic thing yeah no definitely i like I, someone was explaining that for couples match, the way that it works is that like you and your partner have to get together and write down every single pairing of the places you could end up at residency yeah. in a like massive list. Yeah. And like I the amount of communication and like decision to value each other's careers that that conversation must take yeah. is um, incredible. Yeah. I also remember uh, my advisor her saying that he had a couple who was trying to couples match and they were trying to do that and they realized in that ranking conversation that like they could not prioritize each other's careers enough for their relationship to work and they broke up. Oh my like, gosh. Because they that was how the conversation revealed that to them. Oh that is tough. It's so tough but also like I almost wish other relationships had that kind of checkpoint yeah. of like I feel like there's so many, especially, like, friends I have, people I know from back home, whatever, that, like, the relationship is just sort of surviving on the fact mm -hmm. that it is easy to, easier to be together than it is to disentangle their lives. Yeah. And I almost like the idea of a checkpoint of, like, can you solve this math problem <laughs> together? Like, can you value each other's, yeah. like, progress in their own separate lives mm -hmm. enough to like make that work like I, th I don't know I think that's kind of cool yeah well it's it's a good way I think also when to think about your future like when you graduate from medical school and go into residency we talk all the time about how hard medical school is residency oof some mm. other beast like what were they saying the other day that our in our second year we are the max number of average hours per week we can be in the hospital is 80 hours per week so mm -hmm. if we start doing more than 80 hours per week on average red flags start going off for residents it's more than 80 hours yeah i think it's like 120 or something 120 so if you're working 120 hours per week as a resident that's okay according to medicine yeah yeah I believe. And if you're listening and we're wrong, please correct us. That I would love it if we were wrong about that. Yeah, that would be but, nice. But um, yeah, it's a lot. And so I think when you start moving into that next phase of life, it's really useful if you do have that checkpoint to say, okay, are we still like united on this? Are we still able to think about the future in the same way? Or do we still want to prioritize the same things because... I'm imagining the demands on your time are only going to become more intense 
Um, and also that's the point in life where more and more people start thinking about marriage or having children and those are obviously big time commitments as well so I can see for physicians it's really useful or it can be useful if you're a dual physician couple um, to have that checkpoint to make sure you're thinking about your future in the same way yeah I don't know I think I didn't realize until really recently how stressed Ethan was about Mm -hmm. all of the different ways medicine could take up my time yeah I think I'm starting my first rotation on surgery Mm -hmm. on Monday Mm -hmm. and I was I like I don't want to do surgery I just don't think it's a good fit for me and you know that's fine but I kept like kind of joking in a like also trying to like get myself psyched up to do a rotation that is maybe not the best fit for me like yeah. oh what if it turns out that like I love surgery like what yeah. if it, you know what if it's amazing and like yeah. I didn't realize how much that was scaring Ethan until mm-hmm. we had a conversation where he was just like I need you to understand like this is where that joke him joking about like if you go into surgery like we might have to break up like yeah. came up because like I don't think I realized like to him my specialty choice isn't just about what do I find fascinating? What do I want to do mm-hmm. all that time I'm at work? What patient population do I have? Who do I want my coworkers to be? It's also about like how much do I see him? Yeah. How much time do I have at the end of every day? How much energy am I going to have left? Mm-hmm. Like how much flexibility am I going to have to we've talked about having kids, like mm-hmm. be able to have the kind of family we want and I I really like I I thought he was, you know, just sort of joking with me and whatever, and, like, realizing to him that, like, me heading into this year and him not being able to know how long I'm going to be gone every day. Yeah. And, like, I was stressed about not knowing, like, where I start on surgery on Monday, but he is also, like, he also feels all of that stress, not just in sympathy for me, but because we are rocks for each other, Mm -hmm. and the idea for him of not having that security, that regularity... And, you know, the fun we have together is stressful, especially because he moved here for me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I I think, like, just realizing that made me so much more aware of, like, how much lifestyle... Like, we talk about lifestyle specialties a lot in medicine, but, like, how much that is really a choice between a couple also. Mm -hmm. And, like... I don't know, thinking about, like, we had someone who, uh, one of the people who did, uh, taught path lab for me, mm-hmm. had done vascular surgery residency, mm-hmm. was a vascular surgeon mm-hmm. for years, and then was like, I actually really want to spend more time with my kids, mm-hmm. and my husband is an anesthesiologist, and we both work long, different hours, and it just sucks, and so she went back and did a pathology residency, and, like, is now a pathologist, because she likes the hours better, and she likes the free time better, Yeah, and, like, I can't imagine how hard that was to like Mm -hmm. say I'm going to sacrifice all this work to work like vascular surgery is not an easy residency to do (laughs) and to say actually I'm going to sacrifice all of that because I care more about being able to have true work-life balance Mm -hmm. like that's so cool that like first of all I love like I loved the reminder that like the choice you make for residency is not actually a hundred percent permanent you can go back you can always change your mind but also Mm -hmm. just like yeah relationships matter and it's okay to wait that I feel like sometimes medicine makes you feel like it's not okay Mm -hmm. that you like should always be striving for the thing that interests you the most yeah or that is sometimes the most financially secure or whatever but like it's okay to make that choice based on the people in your life and the kind of life you want to have outside of medicine too 
I am so, so glad you brought that up. I think we talk very frequently, like, just like classmates or in medical school culture of like the demands that we as future physicians face. Like, oh, it takes so much of my time or I'm so tired or I'm burnt out. But we often forget that the people surrounding us who love us most, they also feel that toll as well. And it's not just a toll they feel because they feel sorry for us. It's one that they directly feel as well through the lack of our presence. And that lacking presence could mean we're literally not there. Like we're literally not <laughs> home because we're working in the hospital for 80 hours a week. Or it could mean that the fact that we're not totally there like emotionally when we get home or like we get home but we have to keep working or we have to keep studying. Like that has such a toll on our loved ones as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, as you mentioned at the beginning, I bring Ethan to a lot of like school events and a lot of those I of us love are, that you do that. Yeah. A lot of those of <laughs> partners do that. Um, and it's kind of funny because there's two other Ethans in our class. And so at the very, very beginning of first year, people weren't sure if he was in our class or not. <laughs> if you're dating one of our classmates. <laughs> Um, which was kind of fun. Uh, but I always joke that when we do that, like the partners should just form a little like support group with each they other. Should. They should all have like a knitting club or a tennis club or whatever they wanted. Like, yeah. you know, it's their time, whatever they want to yeah. do. But like, I feel like sometimes having that would be nice. And also just having someone to text and be like, you know, is everyone stressed about this? Yeah. Like is like trying to like, you know, make all of this work and yeah. Um, yeah. A support group. Yeah, you know, you yeah. Troubleshoot things or like, hey, my partner's on surgery. Is anyone else's partner on surgery? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, fingers crossed. And hopefully you figure out your placement for surgery soon enough. Although, what's funny, so Sadie, your episode will come out like in a month. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time we're actually listening to this, we'll, you know, we'll have so many more insights into... That's true. Maybe yeah. you got to put like a little update at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Addendum. Um, yeah, okay, well, we are coming to the close of our time together, but this has been such an amazing conversation. I think our listeners will learn a lot and also take away <laughs> a lot about some of the realities of, like, dating and, like, love lives and relationships while in medicine. And I think you're giving a very nuanced perspective, so I really appreciate you sharing your story. Oh, thank you, and thank yeah. you for having this conversation with me. Of this course. is so lovely. Yeah. Also, we have to shout out the fact that you have a dog. Like, yes. I am obviously such a cat person. Sylvie is being a quiet girl right now, um, <laughs> but I think you just need to give a shout out for dogs and what like having a dog is like in medical school. Yeah, we actually got Helix, my dog, uh, in. November of first year mm -hmm. um, and it's lovely I love coming home and having someone who is just like unconditionally excited to see me and <laughs> yeah. I feel like in a weird way he like helps me keep a little bit of like healthy balance yeah. because like I gotta walk him four times a day mm -hmm. even though sometimes I'm exhausted and I don't want to get up on you know Saturday morning right away he's yeah. like it is breakfast He's like, I'm a seat now. Uh, yeah, 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 it's time. And I, I kind of, yeah, I highly recommend, I highly recommend dogs, first of all. I mm -hmm. love training. Helix is like, it's like playtime for me. We kind of joke that he's like our kid because yeah. we do spend a lot of time talking about like, is he learning fast enough? And like, what color is his poop this morning? And like, whatever. That's so cute. Um, but it's like, it's like such a fun way to do something kind of stimulating outside of medicine and yeah. really having that unconditional pet love is just like so oh. valuable. I mean, therapy animals exist for a reason. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I 
can't imagine doing it without a partner. I, like, yeah. once again, more power to my classmates who do, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot always walk Helix four times a day, and sometimes yeah. I can walk Helix zero times a day, mm-hmm. and it is so nice to have someone to share that with. Yeah. Fussy is literally our baby. Yes. Little baby. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for also plugging dogs. I feel like, especially Catherine and I, we really plugged cats a lot, so mm. I want to give the other med school pets out there some love. Oh, yeah. Dogs are amazing, and you can bring them to all of the, like, med school, oh. all school events, and then yeah. everyone wants to come talk to you because yeah. you're, you have a dog, yeah. and they all want to pet the dog great conversation starter amazing works out well for you and ethan and your extroversion (laughs) potential awkwardness i will be honest though i've never noticed that awkwardness that you say oh i i appreciate that i think honestly my anxiety either comes out as like being just like all over the place out there i have to be the most so that no one notices or it comes out as me just not saying anything (laughs) and like being very quiet yeah um and i think you know i'm working on it it's (laughs) it's something i am you know planning on and we're going into like a new scary time Mm -hmm. and i'm just like okay i gotta advocate for myself yes and yes, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get through it eventually. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> okay. So as we near the end, as I do with all of my guests, would you like to give a little differential diagnosis? <laughs> so like a couple of your top recommendations or takeaways from dating and being in a relationship while in medicine? Uh... I would say my first one, and this is just like, this is something that comes not only out of my own dating experience, but like hearing about like my older relatives' um, Mm -hmm. love lives, is don't be afraid of non-traditional relationship structures. Mm -hmm. It is so much more important that whatever your relationship is, Mm -hmm. it is working for you and your partner or partners. And that you guys are happy and growing from that relationship than it is a relationship that is, like, easy to explain to your parents. Like, Mm -hmm. it is so much more valuable to find a pattern and a family and just, like, a flow in your life that works for you than it is to, like be easy to write down on a legal document. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like snapping for that. Just go off. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. That's one that's like, I like to get on my soapbox about this because I have dated many people who I have slowly brought around to the idea that maybe polyamory is for mm-hmm. them and something that works for them and um, maybe even something they identify with. Yeah. And like... I just would love it if more people explored the idea of different relationship structures or formats or timings or even just, like, I think there's lots of ways. Like, this is me talking about my own family, but, like, I found out much... um, My great-grandfather was, like, an author, and Mm -hmm. some of... He wrote books about, like, fictional things, but his... Um, second wife wrote books that were about him and their relationship <laughs> oh and gosh. finding out much after the fact that sometimes um, they would be seeing other people outside of their marriage and that this is like something that is like has happened for a really long time yeah and just like do whatever works for you like yeah it, like that people have been doing that for so long and just not being able to be open about it mm-hmm. and if I feel like just if more people talked about it and when yeah. more people were willing to say like this is actually what I'm comfortable with or at least investigate that in themselves 
I feel like we could progress as a society yeah. or something. Like, I don't know. I just, I would love it if more people took the time to make their relationships work for them, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, and, like, part of the reason we, I have this podcast is to obviously share people's stories, and the point of that is that we don't ever really talk about these things. At least what I've noticed in medical spaces. Like, it's deemed unprofessional, too personal, but like we're saying, our relationships have such a huge impact on all of the decisions that we make in our lives. So, in that sense, our relationships are very professional because they have such a huge impact on our professional lives. So wouldn't you then want your relationships to be like beautiful and loving and best match into the type of life that you want? Like, and that will help you professionally. So I'm so glad that you brought that up and, you know, are encouraging and empowering people to um, just be true to themselves and not be afraid to like explore or you know, discover what works best for them. Yeah, and I think the flip side of that is it's okay to end a relationship because there's something about the structure of your lives Mm -hmm. that is just not going to make it work. And it's okay to end that, and I think it's better to end it before it Mm. becomes, like, this big resentment fight where you don't even remember why you hate each other anymore. Like, just... I am on good terms with most of my exes, and I think a lot of that is being able to recognize, like, early, before I'm angry all the time, and just, like, so angry at the situation I don't even want to see the person, that, like, I can then be friends with them because we ended, you know, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, the distance was too hard or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think those are my two biggest pieces of relationship yeah. advice is just like it's really just all boils down to like do what works for you and be honest about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think that's what a lot of it boils down to but it can feel so complicated a lot of the times or when there's so many feelings involved it can be really hard yeah um but it, it does boil down to that a lot of yeah. times I think oh if I'm gonna do the like end of the podcast plug thing yes everyone should watch how to build a sex room it <laughs> totally just like fits with everything we have just been talking about about like having relationships that work for you and finding you know Mm -hmm. what you and your partner value together and solving problems together and like learning about each other and uh also it's just a really fun it's so fun funny show it's so cute the (gasps) lady who designs these sex rooms for couples which sounds wild to some people (laughs) maybe but a sex room is really just any room a couple wants it to be you know yeah it's also Um, a bedroom in the show like it's just her like baby species doing really cool interior design in the yeah. bedroom and the lady who does it she's this like british lady this like elderly british lady who's just so spicy and so fun <laughs> but she has this cute accent these past few nights i've been like watching the show while knitting like it's yeah. been a great combination <laughs> yeah and i feel like it's also a good way to like start some conversations oh, like yeah. especially like as ethan and i have been walking watching it just like it's a really good way to open the door about like yeah, you know anything, even about relationship dynamics. Yes, yeah. and they have a lot of different types of couples on the show, or like mm-hmm. they're couples experiencing very different things. Um, so, I mean, I love love and talking about relationships. <laughs> so it's very interesting for me for that because I'm like, oh my gosh, look at these couples! Like, oh, they're so cute. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's not. I'm not in it or in any way affiliated with this. No. I just want to be clear. I, I'm just plugging it because I think it's really good. It's a cute show. <laughs> okay. Well, thank 
you so much, Sadie. This has been an amazing discussion. I'm so thankful that you came on and shared all of this with us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me and, you know, making this space for all these conversations. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed being here and I have really enjoyed listening to your podcast on my, you know, car rides in and out of the hospital. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs)